You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hi, this is Trista Neuer Jaeger, strategist and writer at Rock, Paper, Scissors, and I today am your irregular host for this episode of Music Tectonics. Now, today we're doing something a little bit different in that we are diving into an adjacent and very related world um, in the audio sphere, if that is an actual word. Um, and to help us do that, we're going to be talking today to Joanna Penn. Um, Joanna Penn has basically become a virtual mentor to enterprising authors everywhere, as well as an established author and literary entrepreneur whose dozens of novels and nonfiction works have topped bestseller lists and earned her a dedicated fan base. She has an excellent long-running podcast herself that tackles many sides of independent authorship and that regularly highlights her curiosity about technology and its role in creativity and successful content business. Um, so like music, you know, books and writing have seen a massive transformation in the digital era, one that includes opening the floodgates of content to all kinds of voices and ideas, um, and also the possibilities for these, uh, these speakers, for these enterprising voices from outside the traditional publishing world to be heard and to find their own uh, little corner um, where they can find readers and have interesting conversations with other people like them. So um, I've invited Joanna here today um, to talk a bit about audio um, from audiobooks to podcasts and to dig into the intersection of music and books. And this is all kind of in um, response to some of the audio first strategies or some of the some of the moves made by folks like Amazon and Spotify to bring all audio under one umbrella in some, some way, shape, or form. And it, it's a really exciting uh, moment because we don't know how that's all going to shake up. So hopefully Joanna will give us some food for thought on that front. So um, Joanna, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me on the show, Tristra. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> and and it's really great to get a chance to talk to you. I promise I won't fangirl too much. Um, but you have literally written and also narrated the book on audio for authors. Um, and so I was really curious, just to start us out, if you could give us your perspective as someone who's thought long and hard about audiobooks and audio in general, um, you know, what's the history of, of books and audio? How has it evolved? How have you watched it change? Well, it's really funny because it really goes back to when I was a child, I remember, and I don't know how old you are, I think you're younger than me, but I remember listening to books on tape. Oh, yeah. As yeah, as a kid, right? And um, Prokofiev's Peter and the Wolf with that wonderful soundtrack, classical music. And I would listen, so I've been listening to books on tape for a long time, but that's kind of where they've been. As as you guys know, the musicians, the music industry has, has radically transformed. And that's basically what has happened with audiobooks. They've gone from uh, just being the things that people either got from libraries or that they bought in stores where there were only a tiny rack of audiobooks or uh, very popular uh, with truckers, you know, long distance drivers buying and listening to in the car. And then what happened is, you know, as everything went digital about a decade ago, we started to see audiobooks moving into uh, digital form as well. And what has happened now is it really is the uh, mainstream. It's over 90% of audiobook sales in the US are digital. And I know uh, music's pretty similar. I mean, although there is, interestingly, obviously, in music, there's a resurgence in vinyl. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really we haven't seen that in audiobooks. We're not really seeing the beautiful covers. <laughs> or just I'm just imagining the uh the the interest in cassette audiobooks that you know resurgence in Japan or something like that. Like, it sounds like it would be a very niche niche world, but uh, a fanatical one. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, you have the uh, the souvenir of the hardback book or the, the paperback book, if you like, anyway. So what we've seen really is that development. And this is has mainly been English language. So I'm in the UK, um, obviously a lot of huge sales in the US in English language. But what we've really seen over the last few years is an expansion of digital audio into far more markets and far more languages. And as you said, uh, you know, a sort of loads of different companies doing different models. So for example, we've obviously got the a la carte model with Audible, where you can buy individual audiobooks, or you can also get them as part of a subscription. You've got um, Storytel, which is probably the biggest one outside of the US, which is um, uh, a, a subscription. And then, of course, you've got Apple Books, uh, Kobo Books, or you've got lots and lots of Google Play, or everything you can think of, you can get books in audio. So I think what, what's happened is it's gone from being a format that only a few authors would be available in audiobook to, for me now, and a lot of authors, it has to happen. You have to be everywhere in every country, on every platform, in every format, with every book. This is like the super long tail, <laughs> all amplified by global internet marketing. So for example, you know, I have a podcast too, it's been downloaded in over 220 countries. So if my books are not available there in all the different formats, how am I going to sell books there? So that's how I think of audio now. It's gone from this very physical physical niche-based thing to digital and scalable and global and far more interesting than it's ever been. And, and we're moving into a renaissance in audio creativity. People are now writing direct for audio. We've got a lot more um, playfulness, I think, of obviously audio podcasting with fiction and non-fiction narrative non-fiction we've got uh, audio dramas and then we'll probably get into this but you know how will AI voices amplify this further so I think we're in the most exciting time for audio creators uh, in history possibly because of the potential that we have now that's really exciting um what let's turn you mentioned AI um I wanted to explore with you a little bit some of the technology just as some some of our listeners may not have thought much about um audiobooks or narrative nonfiction or fiction podcasts um how, what's what's going on from your perspective on the creation um and distribution side that's really changed the game for creators well, I think on the creation side, a lot of us use similar tools to the music industry in terms of uh, production. So I narrate my own nonfiction audiobooks. I, I have professional actors do my fiction, <laughs> but um, I do my own nonfiction and I have a little audio booth here. Imagine some musicians have something similar and a mic set up and all of that. And and I I just record into, um, you know, a lot of people just use Audacity, which musicians wouldn't use, I'm sure. But it's, it's very simple to record. Obviously, you guys know the difficulty is the editing but you know moving past that the distribution has become much more available to everyone so you can use just uh, ACX which is for Amazon Audible um, ACX.com but what I do now as I said I like to be everywhere is I use a, a place called findawayvoices.com so findawayvoices.com and they distribute to 42 different retailers and are basically a available in loads of different countries. And they also have a direct-to-fan um, uh, way th through Authors Direct. So for example, that will, if you go through Find Away Voices, obviously you have to ha 
uh, upload your finished MP3s, and that will take you into things like the credit model, like Audible, Apple Books, Google Play, etc. Then um, sales sites like Chirp Books. If people don't know Chirp Books, that's excellent for getting uh, discounted audio. Really good way to sell more audio books. Then the unlimited streaming will put you there. Scribd, Storytel, that type of thing, and also libraries. I think this is also exciting. It's not just tapes on the library anymore. You can go through Hoopla and Overdrive. And I mean, this is another interesting thing with the pandemic. It has moved a lot of library uh, borrowers, not purchasers, to uh, downloading audio. So that's really interesting too. And you can get a paper checkout model for libraries also through Findaway. And the other exciting thing is, is again, selling direct to fans. So I sell from my own websites. I sell audio through the BookFunnel app. So there are all these different ways to monetize your audio books. I mean, you, you can even uh, upload them onto YouTube, for example, as a surprising audio model. I'm sure obviously musicians know that. That, but also for audiobooks, and you can make ad revenue there. So there are all these different ways to get your audiobooks into the world, basically. But in terms of the creativity, I don't think we've even scratched the surface yet. At the moment, most independent authors will do single voice narration, but I think we're going to see a lot more things like the podcasters do, the fiction podcasters, which are full cast productions, which is very, very exciting, but at the moment, pretty expensive and difficult to organize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that can be challenging. And like you said, the editing um, can be a true, a true bear. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine that I know that well, if you if you read anything about how these fiction podcasters edit, it is, um, it's somewhere between running a theatrical production and um, running a complex studio session. Um, and it's it's crazy. Well, just on that, I would say that the best thing, if people want to try this, if you have a book and you want to put it in audio book, is go for the single voice narration first, uh, because then you have a simplified um, version. It is, it, if you hire a narrator, it's still more expensive, obviously, but it will be cheaper than trying to hire tons of people and trying to edit a production like that. I would consider that an advanced move. <laughs> <laughs> for, once you get to the sort of, uh, once you've leveled up pretty significantly in the audiobooks video game. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we're going to take a really quick break here, and then we'll be right back with more talk about how audio is converging. Let's meet up next Tuesday. We host Together Tuesdays, a virtual meetup in the Music Tectonics community app, the social network for music tech. Starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, that's 11 a.m. Pacific or 7 p.m. in the UK, join the Music Tectonics team in the app. Post, comment, share links, and use the tag Together Tuesday to get involved. Ask each other questions, discuss recent podcast episodes, or share the music tech and music biz news of the week. And if you're a member of Clubhouse, I'll be there at the same time for an audio-only music tech chat. In our app, look for the hashtag TogetherTuesday and use it in your posts and comments. Every month, we will feature our favorite interactions on the podcast. If you're not on the Music Tectonics community app yet, I'll tell you how to join in at the end of this episode. Okay, we're back with Joanna Penn talking about the wild world of audio creativity. And that includes music, audiobooks, podcasts, and who knows what other format is coming um, with the um, with the advent of things like Clubhouse. Um, we could see all sorts of other crazy live, you know, the live streaming um, answer to some of these audio formats as well. So um, Joanna, as someone who's been watching the space, who's had so much experience in both the technical side of getting a book done and out there and and reaching fans, and also, um, you know, watching how the market as a whole has evolved. I wanted to talk to you a bit about where you see um, 
audiobooks and music perhaps overlapping or, or other audio experiences. Do you have any thoughts about where um, listeners could be going or what, what, what our future might look like? Are we looking at a playlist type thing that includes books and tracks? Are we looking at uh, some other kind of more blended model that uses AI to segue? I mean, what kind of things do you see on the horizon? Well, I think it's, it, there are so many things happening. It's very exciting. And uh, we'll, I think we'll come back to AI because that to me is a whole other thing. But I think what's so interesting in terms of the way we're going with our future is the audio first or the voice first interaction model. Now, previous to the pandemic, a lot of places were going touchscreen, but I actually think that touchscreen may well be fading given the pandemic and the way people are not touching things. So voice search, voice interaction. So if people ask by voice, they ask their phone, they ask their smart speaker, they ask their car, they ask whatever device they have, something. Um, so, you know, they might ask Spotify for, you know, the best song of 2020 or something. So this type of voice first SEO, search engine optimization, is something that I think is very interesting and something that most people in the kind of SEO space are not necessarily thinking about. So one of the benefits, I guess, of audiobooks in this kind of model and why I want Spotify to get into audiobooks, <laughs> and of course Amazon is, but and Google is, but I want more SEO with the content, the, the word content of our audio. So whether it's, you know, music with lyrics or it's some kind of descriptive metadata, what I hope is that, you know, some of these AI tools will help the content itself be the metadata. So we don't have to be, you know, typing in these types of keywords and metadata, but the machines themselves will generate that. So I have high hopes as we create more that it will be easier to be found. But I would urge people to really consider this idea of voice first search and if people ask a question verbally to a device, they want the answer verbally or the text might be shown on, on another device, for example. So you want your stuff to be found in that way, even if it's your website, your home website with everything. Maybe that's where you can put some of your keywords around what type of music you do or what type of audiobooks. So, so that would be one thing. I also think uh, another thing is that we we can't fight streaming. We can't fight unlimited streaming. And a lot of authors and narrators are very worried about Spotify, for example, moving into audiobooks. But for me, it, we have to create business models that allow people to consume how they want to consume. And that might be, for example, um, you know, you have your maybe not even your entire backlist or maybe your backlist on something big like Spotify. And then you have other material on your website. You might have merchandise. Maybe you have your print books, your eBooks. Uh, you might have uh, monetizing the fandom through Patreon or other ways of making money from the people who really, really, truly love your work. So that's how I see it is I want my audiobooks on YouTube and Spotify and, and these big um, uh, sites so that a number of those people come down the funnel and find my podcast or find my books or want to uh, click on an affiliate link or something so that I can continue to make a living with my creativity, um, what, which is what I love. That's so fascinating because there's a similar dynamic for a lot of independent musicians in that streaming is one little tiny piece, but it's really just, though, though for... Uh, 
it tends to get a lot of focus and discussion, but it's really one tiny slice of the pie in terms of how they see um, their relationship with fans um, and, you know, their their business, uh, their revenues. You know, they are more likely to get income from other sources with streaming almost as a bit of a loss leader, um, kind of like what you were describing with, with audiobooks on Spotify. Um, it, it's we're coming up to an interesting time too, where, I mean, almost we could create our own um, fictional experiences or fiction experiences using uh, pre-existing audio materials, like part of, part of a, a chapter from a book. And then you have a couple songs and then you have, you know, um, a podcast that features, I don't, it's, just, it's a really interesting time. Um, what's the resistance among authors to uh, a streaming model? Just, is it the payout problem or are there other, are there other issues that they're facing? Yes, it is the payout problem. Uh, a lot of people worry, you know, at the moment, there's quite premium prices on audiobooks. And uh, especially with that a la carte model, people are expecting, you know, $10, $20 for an audiobook when yeah. <laughs> that's just, you know, people could pay half of that and stream music unlimited and yeah. podcasts unlimited and all of that. So yeah, it is the payout model. But as you said, I think that's just the way it is. And if you're not there, then you're going to miss out on uh, a certain audience. What I would say I think is very encouraging I always think music is what let's say five years or maybe even seven years ahead of the book industry <laughs> so go you lot um, but what I see is the uh, move with into blockchain how blockchain technologies are going to impact music and also I hope writing creativity because if we can track our intellectual property with a blockchain marker somehow and I know there's a lot of startups in music Spotify have hired someone with this this might be the thing that enables more micropayments in more distributed uh, ways so for example um, coming to AI AI created music if we're training algorithms and big data sets with established music or with established audio or with voices for narrators and things like that if we can tag our IP with some kind of blockchain, and I, the technology is not quite there yet, but this is what my dream is, then we can uh, receive micropayments through the value chain. So, And what this will mean is much more ways we can collaborate together. So for example, I could work with a musician uh, to create a soundtrack that relates to one of my novels, for example, and then we could create a hybrid, as you say, audio book with soundtrack that tags us both and pays us both through the through the whole chain even if it's used to train other data um with with our material so this is what i think is missing right now is we're i think we're a couple of years away from it but i see that the collaboration between artists in different spheres as well as collaborating with ai tools like ai voices for example you know i'm looking forward to creating a full audio drama when i can maybe use some of these custom voices that i can um license from certain narrators yeah. for example uh, or someone you know I've I've been approached to license my voice because I've been podcasting for a decade so you know if you're like oh you could be the English voice <laughs> so you know all of this stuff is, has got so much are you, are you ready for a deep fake um Joanna <laughs> oh I'm sure that, I'm sure there is one I've already told my mom you know mom if anyone phones you you know we need to have like a, a keyword that <laughs> That no one else knows. If you don't hear me say kumquats in a sentence, you know it's not me. Um, well, 
So that is a really, a really um, cool and speculative vision for how um, how different audio artists could work together. This is that's really cool, and I could just imagine how exciting it would be to be able to create a, a, an AI driven um, drama. And then also maybe work with, you know, the way what happens now in the music business is you're able to purchase beats or some kind of instrument bed or even just sounds or like sound packs, like loops or, or samples from a producer who has like a really cool sound that you enjoy. And I can imagine authors then like going and picking um, maybe from a selection of music that that fit the the theme and the the era or the, just the vibe of their book. That could be such a beautiful um, way to experience a, a story. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the other thing is it's really annoying right now with audiobooks. Uh, you know, I love American, <laughs> but okay. so many of the audiobooks. We have our fault sometimes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I love you guys, but so many of the audiobooks that I want to listen to are narrated by American men. And I'm like, why? Because uh, I listen yeah. to a lot of business books and technology books. You you must know it's the same. Like all the technological books seem to be narrated by American men. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I would really like a British woman to narrate this so that I I can hear it in the voice that's in my head, which and I'm a British woman. So we're so used to changing the voices yes. of our devices. You know, you can change the voice of Siri or Alexa or whatever. I want to be able to change the voice of an audiobook narrator and that to me expands the possibilities again you know if we can license an AI so if we we split the rights licensing into human narration versus AI narration versus full cast drama this is how I see it going probably in the same way music rights licensing will go um, you know you license X rights to some people and you keep your AI rights or whatever and that will again expand the market I, I think there are so many more ways for us to make income with voice than we do right now. At the moment, it's so small and and people are licensing all rights, all formats now existing and to be created for the life of copyright, which is just a crazy yeah. contract. Yeah, that was <laughs> a deal that did not serve many musicians well in the now that we're in the streaming era. Um, when you hear about those terrible low payouts per track or per, uh, you know, over a period of time for a very popular or very meaningful song, it's often because, you know, no offense to the major labels out there, but the contracts were like in perpetuity like you said this sort of this covers everything from now until the end of time all formats and the labels were like meh for streaming you know they, they had a little bit of leeway and sometimes more leeway was taken than they should have so it is a it, it's that is such a great point to raise that that um in some ways, audio creation audio creators need to somewhat future proof their rights by considering um, that licensing is going to have to change to suit all these new um, formats and and uh, media that we're uh, on the verge of inventing. I feel and in, in uh, screen free uh, enjoyment is what so one I saw an outlet call it that recently. <laughs> that was like screen free, which yeah. which is a is a good um, uh, like books. It is it is a good way to be at times. And it's a good um, practice for humans to get away from screens. Um, so I want to, I want to ask you uh, just on a completely sort of uh, speculative front. I mean, you're talking about blockchain and, and um, all sorts of ways of sharing rights. Um, are there any other on the creative side um, say, I know you work a lot with um, creativity tools and tools for editing 
Um, and some of those are very specific to the written word in books. But do you see some interesting um, crossover or future in some of these tools that could help creators make better audio um, and or um, keep a closer, keep closer tabs on the storytelling? I mean, a lot of the editorial tools are there to help you craft a story, not just like get your punctuation correct. Um, I was wondering if you talk about your your dreams for the sci-fi dreams for the creator side. Well, um, I was just, you mentioned tools there. If, if people don't know Descript.com uh, for, for podcasting, but also for editing audio, Descript.com is fantastic. And they have, so you, essentially you can load in audio and it generates a transcript, which is, you know, passable transcript, but then you can edit your audio with the text. So this is fantastic. And it, it also gets rid of uh, uhs and ums in podcasts. So it's a fantastic automatic <laughs> um reduce. Although it might now have got rid of all our arms if people are using that. Um, but it's it also has this thing called overdub. And this is uh, the small amount of voice training that is available right now, like custom voice. So I have a voice double in Descript, which essentially, if I say the wrong thing, I can just type it and it will speak it in my voice. And I have actually had a, my voice double has had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a podcaster, his voice double. Wow. It was just <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, you can already do this. Uh, so the software is Descript.com. And they, uh, I know that, you know, one of their visions is to have a load of voices that you can uh, use to create your audio. I think Replica Studios is a really interesting one. They do AI voice actors for gaming. And that's something that you can play around with. Obviously, Amazon Polly has been around for ages. And that is something that's becoming more and more used. And even last week, it was really interesting how Microsoft used to be the kind of uh, back of the pack in terms of originality. And now they're doing some brilliant things. They've just reduced um, in uh, just about, yeah, launched their custom neural voice in mm -hmm. limited preview. And it's so good that they're having to watermark the voices to show that they're a human. It's like you laughed about the deep fake thing, but it's actually going to be so good that you need to mark your uh, audio in some way to show that it's human. Uh, Google Play have got books now with AI narration, and this is something that I really this year I've committed this year to actually release a book with AI narration and maybe my voice, maybe a different voice. But to me, that is, I mean, in terms of of creation, that is very very exciting. I do think what we are looking at is. Um, these tools will help us. I think you can look at something like GPT-3, which is, again, an open AI tool, which it's like a massive autocomplete yes. <laughs> from, uh, yeah. And I think I actually read that they GPT-2, the previous one, um, they've open AI, I've got MuseNet, which is a deep neural network that generates um, musical yeah, composition. So that's there's several, oh, there's several, um, there's a, been a bunch of research into generative music of all different kinds, but yeah, it is, it is definitely um, a fast moving field in the music realm. Yeah. So I've been playing with a lot of those AI writing tools and uh, sort of seeing how the generative text works. And to me, the main thing is I, I did feel a bit scared of it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, robots coming to take our jobs. But how I feel is it's a bit like a car. So you get in the car and not, the car doesn't do anything unless you turn it on and you point it in the right direction and then you guide it. And that's how I feel using the AI writing tools is right now and I imagine it's the same with music you have to have your 
the, the way you want to get to or the type of style you want or the words you want to use or the theme or the mood and all of these things. And then it will it, it, kind of a co-collaboration process with what it generates. And then you're still editing as you would always edit your creative work. And at the moment, in terms of copyright, it does belong to the human. Uh, that is the thing that may change at some yeah. point. <laughs> but at the moment, uh, you know, copyright in the age of AI is a very difficult topic. <laughs> So for now, I think what what I'm excited about is using these tools as much as possible to play. And just, I think, I think musicians, obviously your, your word is play. <laughs> you play music. Writers are a lot sort of overly serious, <laughs> but I really want to play at using these generative tools to see what I can co-create for the future and the same and that's I think that's how I want to embrace the opportunities we have and and that's why again you know we mentioned independent musicians I'm an independent author I license different rights and in order to keep the ones that I can and play with the tools and get it onto whatever is the next thing to come along because that's the biggest deal right there are new opportunities emerging all the time and if you don't own and control your IP you can't take advantage of it so yeah my attitude is play. I think that's really (laughs) wonderful and it's interesting to hear you're using um, AI in the way a lot of songwriters or producers do in in music in that they will you know sometimes get a prompt or a melody idea or a hook or just a beat or some random little bitter piece to kind of get them over um, a, a case of writer's block or to help them sort of iterate an idea more quickly because some people are needing to produce uh, more quickly or, or they have a project they're trying to, you know, with, with a firm deadline, that kind of thing. And it is, it is like a, like a collaborator and, you know, sometimes um, our creative endeavors can feel quite lonely, right? If you're, if you're a writer, the very serious writer, of course, sitting alone, um, or if you're a producer, you know, in front of your your um, workstation, it can just be like, you know, you need uh, a mirror, right? It's like you get to be, a, you get to play in a band now as a writer, <laughs> you know, and get lots of yes. feedback and have a jam session with a with an AI. Yes, exactly. And I love that the music industry is ahead of the authors and the publishing industry because we do get to look at what you're doing and say, okay, how's that going to work for us? And just be desperate for the tools. <laughs> Because they they emerge for you first before we get anything like it. So I I think this is a very interesting time, and uh, I I really hope that there will be more co creation tools. I mean, I, uh, someone who was on my podcast recently, um, Yudun Jaya Widjaratni, who's a Sri Lankan author, uh, he sort of wrote his AI character in his novel The Salvage Crew using GPT two, oh, and <laughs> yeah, and that audio book is narrated by Nathan Fillion from Firefly if people are Firefly <laughs> fans and so, so that is an example of of him using uh, GPT-2 to the AI to write the dialogue for an AI character in a sci-fi novel which is just kind of awesome and and it delights me and I think that it, if we have that attitude, it can be exciting rather than scary. And um, there's a book called The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly, which I absolutely love. And, and in that book, he says that in the future, we will be paid based on how well we work with AI and robots. You know, that will be what our future is. It's that kind of hybrid role, the, the centaur creator, uh, sort of riffing off the centaur chess idea with Gary Kasparov and uh, the AI there. So, yeah, interesting times. 
Yeah, I've always wondered why we don't use a model of symbiosis um, to think about artificial intelligence as opposed to competition or um, violence, right? There's there's a, sort of a metaphorical failing in our imagination. Um, and what you're really highlighting is that symbiosis and collaboration could be the way forward. It doesn't have to be this oppositional or um, zero-sum game type relationship. Yeah. So I love that you've pointed that out. Oh, yeah. That's a very relevant message for both music and um, literary endeavors or writing. Well, mm. this has been an incredible conversation, Joanna. I always learn from your podcasts and I've learned from your time here. Thanks so much for um for sharing all your thoughts and for, for riffing hard on some of these big picture ideas. Um, and we'll put, we'll put some um, information about how to catch up with Joanna and, and find her podcast, which is called the creative pen. Um, actually just Google that with, with two N's and you will find, or sorry, search for it in your favorite search, search engine. And you can find, um, you can find all about Joanna and her books and her thoughts and her thought leadership. Thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Trista. This was great. We'd like to give you, the Music Tectonics listeners, the chance to speak up and win a prize. Every week, we pose a big question that you can answer in the Music Tectonics community app. At the end of the month, we'll choose the most awesome answer and send the winner one of my favorite books about music, business, technology, or just life. This month, we're giving away The Innovator's DNA by Clayton Christensen. Here's this week's big question. Would you listen to more audiobooks if they included more music? How could audiobooks use music to their best advantage? Look for the post that goes with this episode in the Music Tectonics community app. We'll tag it hashtag the big question and answer in the comments. If you're not a member yet, we will tell you how to join at the end of this episode. Hey, thank you for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Become a part of the Music Tectonics community, a social network just for music tech aficionados like you. It's free to join. Use it on the web at app.musictectonics.com or find the mobile app for Apple and Android devices in the relevant app stores. Connect with people from all corners of music and tech, answer the big question, and meet me there on Together Tuesdays. There's more about the community app, this podcast episode, our annual conference, and our newsletter at musictectonics.com. Peace! You're listening to Music Tectonics.